This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Well, good morning and welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Pastor Matt and with me I have Jessica. Hello. You're also a pastor. I sure am. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) Good to see I usually you. don't call myself Pastor Matt. I don't know what came over me there. <laughs> and I definitely don't call myself Pastor Jessica because that is a lot of syllables and S's. <laughs> That's great. Yes. That's funny. So Morning Breath is our devotion on the radio, which is cool. We just or take a podcast. chapter. Yeah. We just take a chapter of the Bible. We read it. We discuss it. We uh, just share what God breathed on it, hence the name Morning Breath. And um, so if you want to jump on board, we would love to have you. Love that you're joining us right now. But if you want more information, you can go to eccc.us or like Matt mentioned there, we have a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And if you miss us live on the radio, then you can um, get the podcast. You can also call our church office, 321-452-1060. And Miss Ernestine would love to mail you or email you a guide, which just shows you what chapters are coming up. So I actually am the one who makes the morning breath chapter guide. And I just spent a few hours the other day and I made the entirety of the 2020 morning breath guide. So that was fun. I'm really excited for what chapters and verses and that we're going to dive into this year. So we're going to do some Old Testament. We're going to do some New Testament. And um, that's where we're at. So we are, it's January 27th and we are in Matthew Nope, we are in Psalm 46 today. Actually, we're following along with our devotion and um, that we've been in. And today is day 15. It's the beginning of week three. And we're in one soul starting today. And um, so we're in Psalm 46. And you can, again, find our devotion and everything that you need on our East Coast app, which is a great resource to have. Um, you can download that. You can find out the the day that we're in. We're on day 15, Psalm 46. And um, again, day 15 of Fasting, prayer, devotion. How's it going for you, day 15? Um, today, I've it's going great. Yeah. And I've actually lost uh, some pounds, oh, which I'm very happy some about poundage. that. But I've, uh, I've taken a lot more time because um, fasting is like don't put natural things in and replace those with some spiritual things. It's mm-hmm. removing some of the natural and replacing that with spiritual. That's the, just the basic... Uh, thing of fasting. And you might say, well, no, fasting's strictly food. Well, okay, yes, it is food, but what are you going to do with that time that you weren't eating? Well, mm-hmm. what we would say is you need to take that and put spiritual things in, reading your Bible, doing various things. And so it's been really good for me. I've actually spent a lot more time reading and I've I finished two books that I had started last year, mm-hmm. and then I read a whole other book, and I'm on to another book. Yeah, and I've just taken a lot more time. A few other just side notes is I've spent more time in my Bible, but I've also spent more time with my family mm-hmm. talking, and you know dinners have been slower, and you know we're not all wanting to rush off to do something because there ain't nothing to do because we're also not watching TV as a family except sports. Yeah, so we this watch- is the first time we've done this, and. Uh, you know, day 10, my 12-year-old was like, this is so hard. <laughs> He's like staring longingly at the Xbox. You're saying, man, that TV must be lonely. You know, like it is different. We've never done this before. And it is amazing. It's it's given us opportunities to be like, yeah, this is hard. 
But guess what? God can help us and we can do this together. Yeah, but I would say with our children, we're not being super particular about everything uh, that's outside of our norm. For instance, we'll watch this. We watch the national championships. Yeah. You know, we're watching some sports Mm -hmm. whenever that's available. And we don't do a lot of TV and video games during the week anyway. Yeah. We're we're more focused on school and their practices. And, you know, our weekends is where like we can just turn to TV and video games. And the funny fun thing is we're not against TV and video games. It's just one of those things that can consume you. And uh, we've we've just taken it back and said we're gonna not do that. Yeah, and uh, it's we- fun too because I can relate because I like you said we're not anti TV. I love the Hallmark Channel, so I'm like Hudson. I totally get it. I want to watch a Hallmark movie really bad right now, and I want to eat candy. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. But guess what? Let's pray. And so then we just stop and pray. God help, you know. And it's been it's been a cool and thing. We're doing other stuff. We're doing yep. fun stuff. We're trying to keep it fun with the kids. And we taught them how to play euchre the other night, which is a Michigan card game. That yeah. was fun. They yeah. did really well with that. So we're having yeah. conversations at dinner and asking them questions about what you know, what dreams they might have or different. Just doing lots of fun stuff. So I, I do recommend you not going overboard with your kids and any kind of fasting or seeking the Lord. Yeah, no legalism. What you don't want is them to be angry about it, mm-hmm. like you're making them do it, because uh, that that won't take them into the rest of their life. Totally. For they'll, instance, they'll resent you for that. Yes, we went Hudson at a soccer tournament in Jacksonville, and so while we were gone. All his teammates and, you know, no one else on his team is fasting electronics, you know, like that's a foreign concept to a lot of people. So we discussed, you and I together, like, let's just say, hey, while we're there, you can participate in all of that stuff. I'm not going to, you know, put a mandate on you for that. So those are just opportunities to say, hey, there's grace in this situation, too. Like, we're not being legalistic for legalism for sake. our children yeah no we're we're keeping our own things for ourselves because it's our discipline yes and it's our and choice we're adults but for our kids we're definitely considering that it's their own will mm-hmm. and they've got to they've got to decide and i think it's really important for you to think through these things because you don't want to force your children to do a bunch of things that are going to resent you for now we do want like they don't have a choice about some things in mm-hmm. life but when we're talking about taking things to an extreme point, we're not going to take our kids to these extreme levels because they resent you for it later in life because they they don't want to do it. But, you know, if one of my kids says, hey, I don't want to go to church, I'd say, like, um, do you want to uh, move? Because we go to church, you know, like, <laughs> where you want to live in the Holiday Inn? Yeah. Because we're going to church in this house. So don't get me wrong. There are certain disciplines that with our right. kids, they're non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, they love church anyway. Yeah. But that, you know, kids can go through some stuff and, you know, like, I don't like this or I don't like that. And you got to work with them. And the key to all this is connecting with their heart and engaging their will right. in the process. And yep. by, we are by no means experts. No. Um, we're learning from the experts. Mm-hmm. We're learning from experienced parents. We're learning from my parents and your parents and lots of people that have spent. And the Bible. And the word of God. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to read Psalm 46 now. Great segue. And I'm going to start. It's a pretty short chapter. It's only 11 verses. So I'll read through six. You will start at seven. All right. Read to me. I must say to you, read. God is our refuge and strength, mighty and impenetrable, a very present and well-proved help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains be shaken and slip into the heart of the seas, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its roaring. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, his city. She will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered and were moved. He raised his voice. The earth melted. 
All right. So verse seven, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Amen. Amen. Yes, so today's devotion is called Very Present, and they focused on the very first verse of Psalm 46, which God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. So where did you want to start out with this? Yeah, wherever that, wherever you're at right now. Well, I just loved the devotion. And again, you can get it on the East Coast app and you can th- get the video, which is the story behind the devotion. You'll see who wrote it and their thought and their heart behind it and a personal story about it, which I've been loving that. But I really love the end of the devotion. They talked about one soul. How could we, God is our present, ever-present help in time of trouble. How can we then be that to the world? How can we be available to help people? What are some practical ways to be present in the midst of others' pain? And they put this list out here. So I just wanted to share because it was so good. Here's some ideas of how you can be um, a help to someone in a time of their pain. So you can bring them or make them a meal. You can sit and listen to their burden or ask if you can pray for them. You can help them with an event or task. Send an encouraging text, card, or email. Pay for someone's groceries or a bill. Give someone another chance. I loved that one. Just about who someone has hurt you, give them another chance. Give a free lesson or tutor. Show up for their biggest moments. Foster a child. Serve at our church's outreach events like Serve Day, Food Pantry. Be a part of a small group or freedom group. Find a serving team at the church, ushers, East Coast kids, worship, production, or share your story of struggle and how God brought you through it to victory. Yeah. Such great practical ways to help people as we focus on one soul. It's really good. Yeah. Really like that. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else about that or? No. All right. Well, I really like God as our refuge and strength. Uh, I thought about um, just quickly where we get our strength from and uh, the the sources of strength in our life. When you start fasting food or sugar or TV or really anything, you quickly begin to realize that you don't just enjoy food, but you get comfort from food. You get comfort from watching television. You you get comfort from various things that you do, and when you take those away, you you learn that your comfort, your you know your emotional well being, oftentimes are tied to those things, and so now you're like, where's my strength coming from? And one of the great things about fasting uh, is this: that you're actually taking a break from the normal things of your life. And uh, recently, um, a race car driver was basically asked, like, what is the key to going fast, to really going fast in a race? And he said, the number one key is using your brakes. And he was like, and and it's like, wait a minute, what? The key to going fast is using your brakes? Yeah, you have to know how to use your brakes uh, when you're turning and different Mm. things so that you can get maximum speed out of the turns. And uh, if you don't know how to use your brakes, you really can't go fast because when you turn, you've got to slow down and brake at the right times. And if you don't, you'll skid out of control. Hmm. And so what's really neat about that is the fact that our strength oftentimes comes from taking a break. And it says God is our refuge and our strength. And a refuge is really a time of setting yourself apart under the... uh, say, like protection of the Lord, where you're mm-hmm. not out exposed and you're not out running, running, you know, and doing and going for it. You're actually taking uh, sort of 
away from the fight. Mm -hmm. You're away from the fight. You're away from the battle. You're in a refuge. You're in a fortress. You're in a, uh, a, a basically a place that will protect you from um, what the enemy is trying to do. And so our refuge uh, is... Jesus, he is also our strength. That's that's some of the stuff that I've taken. Yeah, I love that verse too. I think there's several things that we can get out of the short verse. I love that it says God is our refuge. I noticed it didn't say my. This wasn't someone who was writing this alone on the backside of a desert. Uh, some of these Psalms are written by David who was alone and he's very personal with God. But this one in particular points to community for me. In fact, it's at the beginning in my uh, Amplified Translation of the Bible, it says Psalm 46, God, the refuge of his people. A psalm of the sons of Korah. And so this is this reminds me of uh, every Sunday when we gather and we sing to God together. This isn't a new practice that we do. This isn't a new thing that you come in. I know people who have never seen that and experienced that before are like, why do you do this? Why do you come together as a community and sing to an quote unquote invisible God? You know, this isn't new. They did this back in the Bible days thousands of years ago. Um we see it modeled here in this psalm, people gathering together to sing to the Lord and declare his mighty work. So I love that that is a picture of them doing it together. The second thing I love is what they're saying. They're proclaiming that God is their refuge and strength. They are publicly and together putting their trust in him and reminding them themselves of his strength and protection, which makes me think that they probably weren't like living a high life right then. They're probably needing to remind themselves that God is their strength and protection because maybe they were experiencing some hardship. You know, like it's not often that when things are going really well that we're like, God, you're my refuge and my strength. No, it's when I'm terrified and need help that I'm like, God, you're my refuge and my strength. So I, I liked that thought, too, that they they probably were needing to remind themselves and each other yeah. that God is their refuge and strength. And then the third thing that I saw is the very present and well-proved help in trouble. That's what my uh, translation says. God is a very present and well-proved help in trouble. Again, they're showing God they trust him, but they're also reminding him of his faithfulness. Like he has done it before. He will do it again. He's a well-proved help in a time of trouble, which means he's proved himself faithful over and over again. And it reminded me of a time that we went through about four years ago. And it was the, I remember it was a January, it was the beginning of the year. And this new song from Elevation Worship came out called Do It Again. And that whole song is all about, I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe you're going to do it again. And so having that anthem for us in that time, when we were really just needing to remind ourselves, God, you've proved it before, you'll do it again. Having that in that time is is really helpful. That's really good. You know, we go back to God as our refuge and our strength. Uh, one thing that I mentioned is that you've got to learn to find your strength from the Lord and even in resting in God and spending time with him. And it's difficult. I will tell you, like you're, it, it, when your go-to is other things, when mm-hmm. your go-to is friendships, when your go-to is venting, when your go-to is food, when your go-to is whatever, playing video games, I don't know what your go-to is, fishing, surfing. And then you're like, you know, I'm going to try to draw strength from the Lord. It does take some getting used to. It's not easy. Like mm-hmm. this, I, there was one Sunday, I was just so fried mm-hmm. by the end of the day because I'm I'm just used to doing different things Sunday afternoon, and what I was doing really wasn't bringing me as much comfort. And I woke up the next morning full of joy and full of energy. And one thing that we did is we went and prayed at our Viera property, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was just powerful. So anyway, the point is that drawing refuge from the Lord can be a difficult thing. So don't be discouraged. Now, things that can help us is focus. Now, the Bible says a very common scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Okay. And so our focus being on God's on God can actually make a huge difference for us. Difference for us. It, mm-hmm. it makes us stronger. Yeah. It it um joy also comes from thanksgiving and thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And when we are living with an attitude of thankfulness and thanksgiving, then we oftentimes can have more joy. If we're living with an attitude of criticalness and bitterness and envy and anger and self-centeredness, yeah, comparison, selfishness, then we will walk with an attitude that drives us down. Mm-hmm. Um, and ways that keeping your focus, uh, something I preached about recently, is what you're, you often follow your mouth. And so confessing scripture is a very important thing. It is not a magic wand. Um, very clearly, it, it's not like I can just say scriptures and boom, things will happen mm-hmm. like magic. Ooh, yay, I just yeah. got this or that. But it is definitely part of the things that the Lord wants us to do is to, to have his word on our lips, to, to be speaking life. And yes, supernatural things happen. The Bible says, if you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and do not doubt within your heart, it will be done for those who ask. Jesus said that. Some supernatural things can happen when you speak the word of God. But also it's aligning the rest of your, your mind and your soul and your emotions to the word of God when you speak it out. You, you actually begin to step into those things. Your focus moves into what you're saying. For instance, if you're having struggles within your, your marriage and your spouse aggravates you and they're just, you're just at odds with them and there's big struggles there, you could complain and complain and complain. And as you complain, you'll see their problems more and Mm -hmm. you won't see solutions and, and you'll be discouraged and burnt and depressed about this and angry about this, or you can speak words of life over them. And you could say a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from God. And our marriage has favor. And yes, we are struggling right now, Lord, but we have favor. And I just, I just say, Lord, that we have a favorable marriage. And now does the marriage automatically get favorable? Absolutely not. But you begin to plant seeds uh, in the ground for harvest of spiritual seeds, but as well, you you change your attitude, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what? We're gonna get through this problem, honey. We're gonna make it, and yeah. all of a sudden, things begin to change. Yeah, I think the focus is a really good thing. I heard a message by Sarah Jakes Roberts' husband. So Sarah Jakes Roberts is TD Jakes daughter and uh, she married a guy named Torre Roberts and they have a church in uh LA, LA yep and Denver. Denver yeah so he I heard a message from him and it was like tor- I, th- I think it was before the end of the year or possibly just at the beginning of the new year and he said something that was interesting he said look at not don't look at the year look at the decade now we're in 2020 right now so maybe 2019 wasn't a great year or maybe 2015 wasn't a great year or maybe uh 2001 wasn't a fab or no 2000 I got to be in the right decade 2011 wasn't a great year but what about the decade from 2010 to 2020 was God faithful did God prove himself faithful in your trouble in all of those times if you are alive yes you have survived all of your worst days you are still here you know even as simple as that if you look at the decade as a whole you really do see the faithfulness of God because 2019 wasn't a fabulous year for a lot of people but 2010 to 2020 it we came out all right. We came out kicking, you know, like God did so many great things. So I think focus is a good thing. And I think also recognizing that there are things in our lives that only God can handle. And that goes back to where you talked about the rest of God, entering the rest of God. The way to do that is to let God 
handle the things that only he can handle and place your full trust in him. So I love that. And, And then verse two, which is the very next verse says, therefore, we will not fear though the earth should change and though the mountains be shaken and slip into the heart of the sea. And Christine Kane says, I think she's the one who says this. Uh, every time we see therefore in the Bible, we need to ask, what is it therefore? Many uh, folks have said many, that. Many, many that people. is an old Christian preacher's trick. I'm giving her credit though. Take You're it welcome, away. Christine Kane. Matt Stahlbaum once said, <laughs> when you so, see therefore, look to see what it's there for. What is it there for? So it's a great question because it makes you think, therefore we will not fear. You look back at verse 1 which is the context of the therefore, and it's the reason it's there for, as we remind ourselves of God's strength and help and all the times he's proved himself, therefore, we will not fear. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a, um, yeah, a, t- a trick. Right. So the promise is that we will not fear, but the condition of the promise is before the therefore. Mm-hmm. And it is that we are using God as our refuge and our strength, and he is our help in present and in times of trouble. Yeah. Then... We will not fear. Right. Therefore, we will not fear. Now, if you're not using the Lord as your refuge and your strength, and you're not operating in his strength and in his help, then you might have some good reason to fear. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not walking in your own strength, and you're your own refuge, and you're your own strength, and you're your own help. And guess what? We all run out of energy. We all run out of strength. Yeah. We all run out of the ability to help not just ourselves, but others. Mm-hmm. So let's let's ask that question. Are we trusting the Lord as a refuge and our strength? And is he our help? Well, if you move in that direction, you have no reason to fear. Yeah. Now, I love verse 10. It's one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Yeah. It's, it's like super important to us. It says, be still and know that I am God. And what, what this is in the context of is that God is God to the point that he can make the earth melt, that he created the, the world with his words. Mm-hmm. Like not that because we chose him as our God, like we picked him out. No, because he picked us out mm-hmm. and he is in control of everything that you see to the point where he made the laws of spirit, the laws of the spirit and the laws of nature. Yeah. He created all of this in order. Now, when I say that he is not necessarily causing certain things to happen, we can cause those things to happen, but he created up the system that we live in. Mm-hmm. And so we have to sometimes stop and go, wait a minute, I am not God. Yeah. Like I am not infinite. I am not all powerful. I am not omniscient. I am not, you know, all of these things, though I am eternal, an eternal being, I did not create time and I was not here in the beginning. The Lord was, and only he will be here from the beginning to the end. And when you, when you can put God in his proper place, like things begin to happen for you. I I think it's really even linked into like that's, he's our refuge and he's our strength because Mm -hmm. we treat him as the Lord. Yeah. We put him in his proper place. It's a, it's a very well-known scripture. Like you said, it's very popular for like cross stitching on pillows. And so funny because I read this this morning and I sent it to a friend. I felt like God was telling me to reach out to her. She's just had a ton on her plate and going through a lot. And um, so I sent her the verse and I said, I feel like God is telling me to tell you this, be still and know, recognize and understand that God is God. And being still is not just a physical posture of like actually just sitting there and being still and quiet. It's internal. It's internal as well. It's a place of reverence. internalizing it. Yeah. It's a place of reverence. 
and respect. Like you said, it's acknowledging that he is God and I am not. And I sent this to her in a text and it was so cool because she sent me back a picture um, they're actually in a temporary housing because they had a flood in their house. And so she didn't have any night. She really likes coffee cups and she didn't have a nice coffee cup at this house. And so she actually literally two days ago went to the bookstore, bought a coffee mug, and it said on the coffee mug, be still and know. Nice. And that was just such confirmation for me, first of all, like, yay, you listened, you sent it to her. She needed that confirmation. And then obviously confirmation for her just to know that even in you're displaced from your home, your kids may be sick, all this stuff is happening. Be still and know that I am God. He's got you. That's good. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a second. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center, Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road, Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. breath. All right, welcome back. And we're going to shut the show down with uh, Psalms 46, verse 10. Again, be still and know that I am God. I talked a little bit about knowing who God was, but I want to talk a little bit now about being still. This is our responsibility to stop. And that's a hard thing for so many of us. Mm -hmm. We don't spend enough time present in the moment. Stopped. You know, in this point in time, 
focused on what God is doing around us. And I would just encourage you to stop, be present, enjoy the actual moment that you have and and see what God is doing in the moment that you have. That could be at home with your kids. That could be on the way to work. They, that literally can be anywhere. You literally have to stop what you're doing. Think about where you're at. Put your phone down. You know, don't think about what's next. I've heard stats saying that humans think 60% of the time about what's next. Hmm. And it can cause massive amounts of stress. Absolutely. Because you're not being present in what's now. And so I would really encourage you today, be still and know that God is God, that he will be exalted among the nations, that he will be exalted in the earth, and that he is your refuge and that he is your strength. Thanks for listening. Yes. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.